Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everyone. I'm Pastor Nick Plummer, and I'll be your host today for Christians with Torah. That's right. Christians with Torah, and you're probably wondering, where's the co-host? Where is Ryan Cabrera? Well, I would just like to make a nice little announcement there. Mr. Cabrera is in the land of Israel. That's right, with an organization called Hayovel, who is a Christian organization that goes over there and they're uh, they have a, a, a camp out at Mount Gerizim. They have a, a place to stay there and help the Jewish farmers in the land of Israel. So that's what they do. So there's an incredible uh, harvest of grapes going on right now at Hayovel. And uh, we are just sending a message to Israel and to the Jewish people that, hey, as Christians, we're here to help you and bless you. And uh, we believe that you have a right to the land and that you are the chosen people. And so once again, uh, Mr. Cabrera is with his family uh, with an incredible experience, and uh, he'll be back uh, next month. And so he's there, of course, with his family, his, his kids, his wife, his mother-in-law, and they are having a great time uh, helping the Jewish farmers and uh, seeing just the agricultural um, blooming of the land of Israel. So once again, welcome to Christians with Torah. Uh, I guess this is going to be Studio A. I'm not sure, but I think it used to be Studio A, but we're, we're here now. So, um, but hey, we're going to have a good time. So today's uh, topic is the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 19, verses 13 through 30. I'm going to be reading, uh, Yeshua blesses the children. Then were there brought unto him little children that he should put his hands on them and pray, and the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed thence. Wow. Now, think about it. These little kids were coming up to Yeshua, Jesus. And the disciples rebuked the little children. Leave our master alone. Okay, you know, beat it, kid, you know. Uh, but the disciples, <laughs> they must have forgotten what Yeshua had said about children, you know. Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. Remember, we are to be converted like little children and uh, and become as children and humble ourselves. We'll talk about that more. Um, but Jesus said, Suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed thence. Wow. So that's pretty cool. That's what he did. So Yeshua wanted little children to come to him because he loves them and because they have pure trust in God. That's right. Pure trust in God. All people need childlike faith in God. The receptiveness of little children was a great contrast to the stubbornness of the religious leaders who let their pride of position and desire to ruthlessly protect it, uh, stand in the way of simple faith needed to believe in Yeshua. Wow. So here were these religious leaders full of pride, full of themselves. And here come these little children. They are, of course, uh, they have a pure trust in God. Uh, we, once again, we have to be converted or turn uh, quite around or reverse and become children uh, as we have uh, humbled ourselves. Once again, 
Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. So you're not thinking about that. I have a little Hava. She'll be two December 1st. You know, she's with my wife and I. And so uh, we, we see her and she sleeps with us for right now. And she, of course, has a crib. But I look over at her and I just look at her and I just lay my little hands on her and just bless her and say, Lord, thank you for the little children. Father, I just pray that I could be like a little child, that I could be converted and that I could, of course, reverse course, put my trust in the Lord, not have all the answers, but totally trust in him and come to him and uh, and do this in humility and do this in humility. And so that's uh, just something to think about as we um, as we move forward. Here's a discussion. Discuss why it is so important to give attention to children when they are in your life at any time. Remember, children could come into your life at any time, even in the public sector of life. A small child could be in your midst. A small child could come to you. Uh, all these things. Um, and I say this uh, in Acts uh, 2.39. Uh, one of the things is this. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Remember, the promises are to us and to our children, even our children's children. So when you see little children, think about the influences you're going to have. Think about what's going to happen here. You know, you can speak into their life. You know, uh, sometimes as adults, we can say something really harsh to a child that would affect them uh, for the rest of their life to turn them away from God or even the church. They could have had a bad experience with an adult. So as adults, we have to be mature and responsible enough to know that we are uh, we are to be Christ-like. And so we are to treat children with respect. Uh, it even says, don't provoke your children to anger. You know, don't provoke them to anger. So that's, uh, that's where we're at on that. So that's what we need, childlike faith. You know, I love that, you know, just to be innocent, you know. And uh, I know for myself, uh, as an individual, I had a situation where I was just really just praying and seeking the Lord and uh, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you know, the Father was calling me. He's like, listen, I know that you are a husband and I know that you are a father and you are a pastor, but I want you to be my son. I want you to come to me as a son, not as a husband or a father or a pastor, but come to me as a son. So just think about that, everyone. Come to me as a son or a daughter of God. And that's what we're seeing today. You know, God wants his children back. He says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. I assure you of this. I assure you of this. Of course, being married for 23 years, having eight children and being a pastor, there's a lot on my plate. But it's so exciting. It's so exciting to be his son, to call him Abba and to crawl up in his lap and give him a hug. You know, the Bible says, kiss the son, lest he be angry with you. Oh, I kiss the son. I want to kiss him every day. You know, that's my love language, touch, you know, the five love languages. So it's easy for me to give him a hug or to give him a kiss uh, because he first kissed us. You know, we can love him because he first loved us. So let's continue on because now we're in a little, little switching of gears here and uh, we're going to get into the rich young ruler. Uh, Matthew 19, verses 16 through 22. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 
The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Wow, the rich young ruler. Now, think about it. He's asking him a question. What must I do to have eternal life? So he's hearing this gospel message, the salvation message. He's hearing about eternal life. Uh, that's the word that's getting out that, that, about the subject matter of eternal life through the son, Yeshua. Uh, what did a person who came to Yeshua ask him? Once again, this is the question. Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? In Luke chapter 18, verses 18 through 23, the person who asked the question to Yeshua is identified as a rich young ruler. So let Scripture interpret Scripture so you can take other Gospels and put a, a lot of things together, like the uh, Syrophoenician woman uh, that Yeshua visited, whose, woman, uh, da whose daughter was tormented, uh, actually had, had heard of his fame, have heard of him, and pursued him. But you don't see that in all the Gospels. It's just one of the Gospels. Uh, so once again... Uh, let scripture interpret scripture. Uh, once again, the person who asked the question to Yeshua is identified as a rich, young ruler. He's rich, he's young, and he's a ruler. Okay. So what was Yeshua's response to the question? Why callest thou me good? <laughs> there is none good but one. That is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Keep the commandments. He saith unto him, which Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Wow, check that out. Yeshua gives a, repre a representative list of laws, including five commandments from the second half of the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, and the second of the two great commandments. You can find this in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, and Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 to 40. You are to love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you are to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's right. Remember, you are to love yourself as well. So let's give yourself a hug. Oh, Nick, you're the man. Give him a hug. Give him a hug. That's right. You got to love yourself. You got to believe in yourself. Loving your neighbor is very important, but loving God more than anything is the most important thing. And so what was the response of the young man after Yeshua answered his questions? What was his response? Do you keep these commandments? This is what Yeshua was telling him. And so, all these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Oh, I keep these commandments, Yeshua. I keep these commandments. Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Wow. Let's, let's, let's see that again. If thou wilt be perfect. Hey, I know you keep the commandments of God, but if thou be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. You've come and asked this question about eternal life. Sell everything you have, give to the poor. Come and follow me. Let's do this. You and I, we can do this thing. Well, his response was he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Uh, he just couldn't adhere to that advice. Yeshua's statement exposed the man's weakness and his deepest desire. In reality, the man's wealth was his God 
his idol, and he would not give it up. Thus, he was violating the first and greatest commandment found in Exodus 20, verse 3, and Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40, that you are to love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, soul, mind, soul. So think about it. So if Jesus is God and God is Jesus, Jesus is telling the rich young ruler, sell everything that you have, give to the poor, come and follow me. God, I'm God, come follow me. Even though the young man wanted eternal life, he could not bring himself to cease worshiping the ruling force in his life, his great possessions. Remember, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He went away sorrowful. So think about that. Now, a lot of us are not the rich young ruler or middle class or poor. But for those of you that are rich, you better watch your riches and make sure that you use them accordingly to the kingdom of God. Uh, we'll talk about that in some verses. But uh, I saw this bumper sticker one time. It says, whoever dies with the most toys wins. Hmm. Whoever dies with the most toys wins. But I guess if we get into like the book of Ecclesiastes and it's all vanity, uh, think about it. Uh, I know this. You came into this life with nothing and you will leave with nothing. Think about it. You came into this world with nothing and you will leave with nothing. My uh, stepmom was taking my uncle Frank to the hospital and she said, do you want to bring your wallet and bring you know, your keys? Do you, you want to bring the, he goes, no, no, I'm not going to bring anything to the hospital. Well, in just a short time, he passed away. Isn't that interesting? No, I'm not going to need my wallet. No, he, he didn't. He didn't need his wallet. He didn't need his keys because my uncle Frank, you know, knew the Lord. He went to heaven. So think about that. So we have discussed why you have to believe in the one who gives us eternal life in order to get it. And it's not about keeping all the commandments. Now, we could get into a lot of verses here, but I want to read this one to answer this question, this discussion. Why you have to believe in the one who gives us eternal life in order to get it. And it's not about keeping all the commandments. We are justified by the finished work of the cross. We are not justified by our works. Well, I'm a good person. Check out Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So once again, Salvation is a gift from God and you cannot merit it. Okay, think about it. Salvation is a gift from God and you cannot merit it. And I, I would like to read in regards to that. There's, a, there's another good reference here in Romans. In Romans, we're going to check this out. Romans chapter 5, verses 15 through 18. So check this out. Romans chapter 5, verses 15 through 18. Once again, we are justified by the finished work of the cross. So check out this portion of, of the scriptures but not as the offense so also is the free gift for if through the offense of one many be dead much more the grace of God and the gift by grace which is by one man Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many verse 16 of Romans 5 and not as if and not as it was by one that sinned so is the gift for the judgment was by one to condemnation but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, 
Much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Wow. Through one man, we are justified because of the sins of Adam. The sins of the past, all the sins, the offense, the justification that we have is in Christ. We are justified by the finished work of the cross. And now we're being sanctified. So keep that in mind as we, as we move forward in this incredible topic that we are discussing here. So once again, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. I got to read this again. I have to read this again. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Wow, that's incredible. That is so incredible. So think about these little children come to Yeshua. He says, suffer them not. Let them come to me. He lays their hands. He prays for them. It's so important to see that um, as we look at that. Um, now I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 19, verses 23 through 30. Public reading of scriptures. Paul tells Timothy, do not forsake the public reading of scriptures. So Matthew chapter 19, verses 23 through 30. Then said Jesus to his disciples, okay. Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Wow. There's a, there's a lot going on in there. A lot going on in there. So now we're shifting gears because now this rich young ruler was not willing to sell everything he had and give to the poor and follow Yeshua for he had many possessions. Once again, Matthew chapter 19, verses 23 and 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that rich man... Uh, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Wow. Think about it. So wealth is both deceptive and intoxicating. It fools a person into thinking that he or she is self-sufficient apart from God. And the rich person wants desperately to hold on to that supposed self-sufficiency. Matthew 19, 23. Once again, wealth is both deceptive and intoxicating, you know. 
So he says, you know, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Wow. I mean, think about it. A camel, you know, and the eye of a needle that you sew with. The camel's really big. The eye of the needle, small. Now that's hyperbole, you know, that's an exaggeration, but that's what it's like. Take this big camel, put it through the eye of the needle. So we'll develop the storyline. So what did the disciples who were exceedingly amazed ask Yeshua? What did they ask? Who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? Now, wealth has often uh, been equated with God's favor and blessing. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. That's right. Uh, God blesses us with material possessions. He blesses us with all kinds of things. So wealth has often been equated with God's favor and blessing. So it's not, it's not, you know, do you have riches, but do riches have you? you know, do you have possessions or do possessions have you? You know, I mean, your phone can be an idol. Think about it. But let's move on. Uh, what was Yeshua's response when they said, who then can be saved? With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. God could make a way to get into that rich person's life, to get his priorities straight, to make sure that God is numero uno, that he's the big kahuna. He's number one in your life. So with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I love that. When Vince Bardot was here with me, uh, visiting the church and everything some time ago, a few months ago, uh, he talked about hey, Nick, man, it's supernatural. You got to believe in the supernatural for things to happen, for things to develop. It's in the supernatural that it becomes natural, comes into the natural. The supernatural realm was here first. Remember that. So in First Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19, for all of you that are watching this or listening to this and are wealthy, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Wow, there you go. The rich young ruler was asking the question about eternal life. And it says right here in verse 19 of 1 Timothy 6, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. That eternal life means more to them than their riches. Okay, their riches do not have more value than eternal life. Think about it, eternal life. And so it's interesting because the disciples were not wealthy. So they're going to shift gears, I'm sure, here. And Peter's going to say, well, okay, well, you know what? We're not poor and we're not really rich. But uh, what did Peter ask Yeshua? Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have there for? Listen, we don't have riches. We gave up everything to follow you. What, what are we going to get? What are we going to have? That's a good point, right? In Matthew 19, 28. This is his response. Here's Yeshua's response. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Wow. 
That's incredible. Let's read that again. Matthew 19, verse 20. We got plenty of time here. We're making good time on this particular uh, subject matter of Matthew. And Jesus said unto them, okay, you've forsaken everything and this is what you want to do? Okay. Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Pow! Boom! Wow! You're going to judge the 12 tribes of Israel. That's an interesting point to go into. The thrones that are found in the book of Revelation. The word regeneration is the Greek word palingonesia. Palingonesia. And it means spiritual rebirth. The state or the act. I.e. figuratively, spiritual renovation. Especially messianic restoration. Wow. Messianic restoration. Think about how bad this world is. Seriously. And I'm not here to complain. I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you the truth. We are be, to be in the world, but not of the world, right? Love not the world, neither the things that are in it. This world is corrupt. It's wicked. It's pushing, it's pushing consumerism. It's, it's, it's pushing selfishness and lust and greed and, and everything else you could imagine. Debauchery. I mean, think about social media. How many nasty things have you accidentally seen or heard on social media that you were like, I wish I hadn't seen that. I wish I hadn't heard that. So just be warned, you know, be in the world, but not of the world. You know, use social media in moderation, use television in moderation and, and whatever you're doing and, and listening to music, do things in moderation, but give to God, give to God what is God's, right? So once again, we're just looking at this like, hey, you know, the disciples weren't rich. They're like, hey, what are we going to get? Oh my goodness, what would you do for that? Warren Buffett couldn't even write me a check right now to walk away from this movement, the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement. No one could write me a check and have me just walk away. Just walk away from Hebrews, Nick. Just go back to Sunday church. Just do whatever you gotta do, but don't go back to Hebrews. Don't keep the Torah. Don't do the commandments. You know, just live a good life. Be a good little Christian. You couldn't write me a check for this because you know why? because I'm part of the Commonwealth of Israel. I've been grafted in. I'm going to get great rewards. For those of you that are listening, watching, we're going to talk about this. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up and don't give in. Check it out. Let's move on. The 12 disciples are going to sit upon 12 thrones, like I said, and will judge the 12 tribes of Israel. The whole house of Israel will be fully gathered and restored when the Messiah comes back to rule. Think about that. The restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel. And it's made up of Jews and non-Jews. You must understand this. You must understand the whole house of Israel is made up of Jews and non-Jews. In Matthew 19, 29, And everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Wow. You shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. So there's rewards in this life and the next life. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Nick? Well, let's look at this. Because 
Yeshua assured the disciples that anyone who gives up something valuable for his sake will be repaid many times over in this life, although not necessarily in the same form. For example, a person may be rejected by his or her family for accepting Yeshua, but he or she will gain the larger family of believers. Wow, the believers become your family, the Mishpachah. The Bible says when your, your mother and father forsake you, I will take you in. That is incredible. That is so awesome. So think about it. Yeshua says in Matthew 19, 29, you can't, I can't stress this enough. And everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. You're going to receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. I'll tell you, I am so blessed to have a beautiful wife of 23 years and eight beautiful children and this church, Beit Tehillah Congregation. What a great community. I tell you, I am so, I have nothing to complain about. Not one complaint. I am so blessed. Everything I have is from the Lord. Everything. Everything. Everything I have is from the Lord. I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful for what God has done for me and what he's doing. That's why Ryan and I love Christians with Torah, uh, you know, the subject matter that we're talking about on different types of streaming items, you know, like YouTube, Facebook. So once again, think about it. In Matthew 19, 30, the very last verse, but many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. You know, this reminds me, you know, when you go into a place of business and you got people like right behind you and you go and you get the door and you open it for them. You could have been first, but you chose to be last and you let those people go before you. You let those people go before you. That Once again, but many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. So hold the door for people. Hold the door for people. Yeshua turned the world's values upside down. But in the life to come, the last will be first. Don't forfeit eternal rewards for temporary benefits. Be willing to make sacrifices now for greater rewards later. Let me stress that again. Yeshua turned the world's values upside down. But in the life to come, the last will be first. Don't forfeit eternal rewards for temporary benefits. Be willing to make sacrifices now for greater rewards later. Think about it. Just like turning the other cheek. Go the extra mile. Think about it. It's because you have eternal life. We're going to rule and reign with Messiah. So what two points can be learned from Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 30? I have two points here. Number one, when given the opportunity, always lay your hands on the children and pray for them. And pray for them. Just like my little child in my bed, little Hava sleeping with me, my wife. She'll be two. I just stretch my hand over there and put it on her little face. I say, Father, I bless Ahava. I bless this little child right now. I bless her. From the top of her head to the soldier, I bless this little child. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bless this little child. You know, you can't just run around laying hands on children. I don't think you're some kind of weirdo, you know. But uh, when, when the chance arrives in your life and it comes, place your hands on the top of their head and bless them. 
just bless them, you know? Especially at the church. You know, we have our children come up and we give the children's blessing. But there's nothing wrong with laying your hands on your children and blessing them, especially on Shabbat. You know, there's a special prayer that I pray for my sons. It's Yisimcha Elohim Kefrim Manasseh. May God make you a symbol of blessing as he did Ephraim and Manasseh. And I bless them, Josiah, Nehemiah, Micah. Put my hands on them and say that blessing. Yisimcha Elohim Kefrim Manasseh. May God make you a symbol of blessing as he did Ephraim and Manasseh. And then my wife, my five daughters, she, um, you know, she says the blessing over the daughters. So this is important. Bless your children. That's point number one. When given the opportunity, always lay your hands on the children and pray for them. Number two, never let riches, possessions, or the spirit of consumerism become an idol in your life. Okay. Never let riches, possessions, or the spirit of consumerism become an idol in your life. Once again, do you have possessions or do possessions have you? You know, do you live life or does life live through you? See, we got we to gotta think about these things. So those are my two points. And I think it's important to understand, you know, uh, we have to make better decisions in life. What are we eating? What are we drinking? What are we listening to? What are we watching? What are we doing? Where are we going? These are very important uh, questions to ask ourselves, you know, as we move into the realm of obedience. Because people are being duped. There's a deluding spirit being put upon the earth because God puts it on them because they, they do not receive the truth, you know, especially with the media. What is really even true? We, we don't even know. And so I want to encourage you in the days ahead as we are in Teshuvah, the season of Teshuvah, which means to return and repentance. I encourage you, uh, it began August 27th in the evening and it will end, um, actually it's going to end uh, on the Day of Atonement, on the Day of Atonement. I do believe it's October the 5th in the evening. The gates will shut at Yom Kippur. And which side of the gate will you be on? You know, uh, the Jewish sages say that during the 10 days of all, there's three classes of people, the righteous, the wicked, and the intermediates. The righteous are already sealed in the book of life. And then, of course, uh, the wicked are in the, sealed in the book of the dead. But the intermediates, and this is what the Jewish sages teach, the intermediates have to make up their mind. So why don't you make up your mind today, right now, during the season of Teshuvah? It's an incredible time. Uh, we've actually been doing the Daniel fast, uh, and it's going to be ending Saturday night, this Saturday night. Uh, I do believe that's going to be September... the 24th. That's right. September 24th. Uh, we're going to be finishing up the Daniel fast. Elul 1 to Elul 21 was the Daniel fast. And so we're still in the season of Teshuvah. So just remember that the fall feasts are coming. The next episode is going to be about Yom Teruah and the 10 days of all. That's right. So keep Ryan Cabrera and his family in your prayers. Keep Hayovel in your prayers. And please keep Beit Tehila community in your prayers as we move forward. Uh, also, uh, Christians with Torah, the, the podcast that we do, the, all the subject matter that we cover, we just pray that you would uh, keep us in your prayers as well as we move forward. Whatever you speak comes towards you. And so we're speaking the word of God. We're speaking truth. So Father, we just thank you for this time to come together. We thank you, Father, for those that are listening and watching Christians with Torah. We pray, Father, a blessing over them and encouragement over them. Father, I pray that they would draw near to you and you would draw near to them. Nobody can snatch 
them out of your hand, Father. We just want to thank you for that. They are the segula, the peculiar treasure that you are holding in your hand. Everyone that's watching and listening to this, they are special. They are your sons and your daughters. And so I pray and thank you for their provision, their protection and their direction and their peace, Father, be upon them right now. And we just uh, thank you for this. In the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you guys. Looking forward to next week's podcast. That's right. Yom Teruah and the 10 days of all. <laughs>